Welcome to Icky Ichabod's Weird Wrestling Live from Grand Fork's Best Source. I am Icky Ichabod and this is our Weird Wrestling Show. So I gotta say one thing about that. Weird, 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 weird. Yes, yes, it is our, I think it's another installment of our weird non-wrestlers over the course of wrestling, right? Yes, it is. In case people miss part one, who, who did we cover in part one? David Arquette and Johnny Knoxville. And we got a trilogy of extreme non-wrestlers we'll be covering today. I'm looking forward to talking about them, but, but before we do, we are going to uh, give a... Sh- uh, actually, what what three will we be talking about today? Uh, Bill Alfonso, um, Paul Heyman, and I think Rob Black. Um, I had Judge Jeff Jones. Oh, Judge Jeff Jones. That's maybe, fine. Maybe we could get... We touched a bit on Rob Black on the XPW show, but maybe if we have time, we could squeeze him in a little bit today. All right. Sounds good. All right. But before we do, we're going to give a shout out to our friends at the River Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar and Grill. We want you to make them your next dinner and a movie destination. They're both located inside the River Mall in East Grand Forks. Now, you can either dine inside the movie memorabilia-laden restaurant, the Shire, or take your meal to the movie you'll be attending. Some of this week's featured attractions are Jesus Revolution, rated PG-13, Magic Mike's Last Dance, rated R, Devil's Peak, not rated, and Marlowe, rated R. You can find the complete showtimes on rivercinema15.com. Don't forget, Tuesday is $5 movies all day long and the $5.50 senior matinee special on Wednesday and Thursdays. Now, the River Cinema 15 has multiple theaters with luxury recliners, expanded concessions that now serve adult beverages, and it's family-owned and operated by the same company that also runs the Grand Theater in Crookston. And for their showtimes, you can check out morefamilytheaters.com. All right, Icky, so we got a total of three wrestlers we'll be covering from the ECW days and I think we're primarily focusing on their in-ring careers, though I'm sure we'll be touching on a little bit of their moments or other highlights because, well, the first wrestler, we got a ton of ground to cover on because what he does, he did so much in the wrestling industry with Paul Heyman. Where do you begin? Uh, he was originally a uh, photographer for a wrestling magazine. Yeah, yeah. He used to run his own like homemade wrestling magazine back. It was like more of like a fad magazine, like the WWF magazine, not like a dirt, like inside the business insider magazine, dirt sheet or so, like yeah. the Torch or the Observer. Yeah. Um, what What are some of your earliest Paul Heyman or Pauly dangerous, m- dangerously memories? I like when he used to hit people with the phone. Oh, the phone. Yeah, his old WCW days. Yeah, and I guess he even had a little bit of a run in the old Minnesota-based promotion AWA in the late 80s in their final years. And he was a manager, too, originally. Yeah, that's how he got his start. Dangerous Alliance. A lot of good matches there. Probably Dangerously in the Dangerous Alliance, yep. Probably his biggest highlight from running the Dangerous Alliance was the War Games match. I believe it was 92 War Games. Didn't he, didn't he like, manage Mick Foley for a while, too, I think? I know he managed Steve Austin, no, Rick I Rude. Think, I think I was yeah. thinking of Steve Austin. That War Games match was pretty, it was like kind of considered one of the last really good War Games matches for quite some time because they had Medusa climbing on the top of the of the cage there. A lot of good stuff going on in that match. Um, um, what what would you say from there he went to find, found ECW? Well, he, uh, was, uh, who was the original guy from ECW? Uh like, are you talking about the main promoter? Yeah. Uh, Todd Gordon? Todd Gordon, yeah. yeah. He took over from Todd Gordon. Todd Gordon gave him creative control and things like that. And then eventually, about 
halfway through that promotion, there were some controversies with Todd Gordon, and he had to leave about in the mid to late 90s, and so then it became all Paul Heyman's company afterwards. I like what Paul, you know, we, we'll probably get into this later, but I like what Paul Heyman said on uh, on live TV. So, we're uh, my show is not going to be on tonight, you know, because the... the, the the uh, the uh, the network the network and he, he's like he, he just gives a, a a roast basically yeah so a little backstory for those unfamiliar ECW was trying to break into the mainstream they got their first national cable deal with the TNN. former network TNN that later went on to become Spike and that, that network isn't even around anymore but uh, yeah so they got their first major national cable deal. And they're not promoting ECW at all. They're not giving them any commercials. Well, they promote or, Rollerball and all that stuff before and after ECW, but they'd never promote ECW. Yeah, I don't know if there were some, some, some of the company execs didn't like ECW's product. They were ashamed of it. That was what kind of like was some of the rumblings that were making their ways around, so why they weren't promoting it. So within months, like you mentioned, Icky, Paul Heyman was trashing the company. He didn't say TNN directly, so he could have plausible deniability that he wasn't saying it. He's, so we referred to them as the network. Well, Cyrus the Virus, that storyline with Cyrus the Virus. He was, yeah, he was quote unquote the network's representative. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a that was a fun storyline where he interacted with them. He gave a few good promos, so he wasn't that much of an on-screen character. He occasionally would appear here and there on the original ECW. He, he, he wrote like a lot of the. Uh... The uh, um, like interviews and yeah. stuff like that. He was uh, the main writer. Yeah, the, the creative lead. Paul Absolutely. Heyman is one of my personal heroes for writing and wrestling. I mean, he gave... Along s- with Rob Black. He gave so many awesome speeches. Uh, when, do you remember the original ECW invasion in 1997 when they were, they were invading Raw? I mean, it was all part of the deal, but you know, being a young kid at the time, it's, they gave the illusion. They, it was so well run that you may not think that they were they were invading matches there and kind of just showing up at ringside carrying ECW signs and Jerry Lawler challenging back and forth. And it all culminated in Jerry Lawler and Paul Heyman doing uh, a quote-unquote the great debate where they argued back and forth. You can look up the promo on YouTube. It was well, you know, a, a you classic know, promo. Well, since we're talking about, like, invasions, this is kind of an invasion that has to deal with ECW, but the... Uh the uh, XPW invasion of ECW. Yeah, I think, didn't we cover that a little bit on the XPW show? I think so, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah that did not go so well for XPW. There was well, a big did, brawl in the back lot. It didn't yeah. go well for the ring crew anyways. Yeah, at least the ring crew, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, what about Paul Heyman's wrestling career? Do you remember any Paul Heyman matches or Paulie Dangerously matches? Not really. I don't think he ever wrestled. He did a little bit. I looked it up. He it was about he, a total of uh, just under forty matches from the NWA WCW days. He did fifteen matches. Uh, he had several against Medusa. <laughs> he did an arm wrestling match against Missy Hyatt. This was kind of a little famous one from the '89 Great American Bash. A tuxedo match against Jim Cornette. <laughs> yeah, look that up on YouTube. And then he did some. Yeah, he did some other various tag team matches against Missy Hyatt. And in WWE, he did 22 matches. About a dozen of them, though, were house show matches where he did a circuit. Remember when he was briefly managing Curtis Axel? I think so. Yeah, he did a bunch. About half his WWE matches was him teaming up with Curtis Axel to take on CM Punk in handicap matches. Uh, though the only ones I would say was noteworthy were uh, he, he did a couple tag team matches with and against Brock Lesnar. 
Uh, he beat Sabu on an episode of the WWE version of ECW. What? I know. I, I don't think that that's that's plausible. His final match was a December 2014 Raw episode. Uh, no contest against Chris Jericho. So yeah, those are those are some of the highlights from Paul Heyman's like almost 40 some odd match wrestling career. Uh, I. I now, when I think about Paul Heyman, Paulie Dangerously, the most things that come to mind are some of his epic promos. Uh, he did kind of his advocate phase, being an awesome manager for Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns in uh, recent years, and a ton of great promos. I like that. Hello, everybody. My name is yeah. Paul Heyman. Yeah, I'm with you. A thousand percent. He you know he knows how to do a mean ring introduction. He's done and he it knows all. how to write, too. He's a great writer when it comes to wrestling. He's I, a genius. They called him the mad scientist when he was in ECW. And I've seen so many countless wrestlers just praise Paul Heyman for giving him so much creative insight for their characters and helping characters find themselves and for wrestlers over the years, too. So just, just a mountain full of a learning tree of information. Let's, do, let's talk about Fonzie next. Yeah, Bill Alfonso. Fonzie, yeah. The, What's the first the, thing that comes to mind for you for Bill Alfonso? The annoying guy who uh, blew the whistle whenever Rob Van Dam or Sabu would come out. Yes, yes. I That's how I first remember Bill Alfonso, too. When I got my first ECW DVDs, I'm like, who the heck is this moron just blowing the whistle nonstop for all of RVDs and Sabu's matches? But he's, he's he was he was originally a, uh, a referee. Yeah, I remember him. Or used, used to ref the, a lot of the older 80s and early 90s WWF matches. And he, I, when I did my research, just to kind of verify everything... He refereed for the NWA and WWF from 1979 to 95. So for a nice long run there as a ref. Well, you know, even though, you know, people might find him kind of annoying, he, he, he did a lot for managers in uh, the recent ages and stuff. Well, when he was first brought into ECW, he was kind of brought in as the crooked referee who would strictly enforce the rules. Well, yeah, I remember the uh, Taipei Deathmatch with Ian and Axel Rotten, and he stops a Taipei Deathmatch for blood, and Joey Styles up there going, you can't stop a Taipei Deathmatch for blood? So eventually Todd Gordon's like, wait, you can't actually... All ECW matches are extreme rules, no rules. Why are you enforcing rules? He strips him of a referee, and you remember he actually had several matches against Todd Gordon? Really? I, I watched a couple of them on YouTube, uh, and he, he beat Todd Gordon in all these original ECW matches. He did, like, five or six of them. What about the Beulah? Beulah yes. Uh, I know, before the show, I was talking to you. I was going to pop it up on YouTube here in case you didn't see it, and I was like, Icky, please tell me you've seen the Beulah and Bill Alfonso match. And yes, you have, right? She, she uses, like, a, a cookie sheet on them or something like that. Beulah just mercilessly bloodies up Bill Alfonso and kicks his ass for about a good seven or eight minutes. Like, Bill Alfonso is bleeding buckets throughout the match. People need to YouTube this one big time, right? It's a great match. I don't really remember it, per se, as well as you do. Oh, she does, like, all of Tommy Dreamer's moves, like the, the DDT. The DDT. And you know. Did she do the Dreamer driver on him or something like that? I, I know she busts out a couple more, but it's one of the bloodiest matches I ever saw. Props to Bill Alfonso just going nonstop in well, that he, one. And, you know, Beulah, Beulah was with Raven originally. Yep, Raven. Raven and uh, Stevie Richards. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, that whistle, when he eventually had more, like you're, we already mentioned, Becoming the manager first with Taz, and then he went to uh, Sabu and RVD that we more remember him for uh, being the manager for an ECW, right? Yep. 
Any other big memories from Bill Alfonso in ECW? Just, you know, he just had so much energy. Yeah, yeah. He did He did about six or... He did, yeah, he did a bunch of matches with Todd Gordon, and then about several matches with Beulah and singles and tags. And do you remember he actually wrestled the old... Uh, God, what was his... That, that old DJ friend of Hulk Hogan, Bubba the Love Sponge. You wrestled him a couple times in ECW, too. <laughs> that's just a funny name. I hate, I hate that name. Yeah, that's yeah. That, that was his name. He was a buddy with the Hulkster. And, yeah, so eventually ECW closed in the early in 2001, and he did a few matches for uh, various indies, and he took a long break from actually wrestling. And then out of nowhere over the last few years, you remember this manager? He had a pretty decent run in AEW up until over the last year, Dan Lambert. No, uh, he kind of just a super loud mouth, just unfiltered manager who would just cut the most just ruthless trash talk to get the crowd riled up. He wrestled Bill Alfonso for a few matches for the Indie League Coastal Championship Wrestling last year, and then he just had his last match under three months ago in a thirty-second loss. All these years later, to Todd Gordon, who finally got his revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Any anything else about final thoughts on Bill Alfonso? Not really. All right, we got one more. Judge, Judge Jeff Jones. He was originally a referee, uh, part of the Job Squad in ECW. Or? In e- yep. Yeah, in ECW, and he was also um, Mike Awesome's manager. Yeah, I remember him as Mike Awesome's manager, and I, I didn't really know too much background information. I was trying to do some research yesterday. I saw he only had just three matches, but they were for the Indie League Mid-Eastern Wrestling Federation, with the only highlight really being a losing effort teaming with the old WWF tag team, the Headbangers. But I didn't, he didn't have any matches in ECW, like you said, uh, mostly prominently known for being a manager. And for- he'd dress like a judge, yeah. and he'd have that gavel, which is kind of funny because there's a guy in Time Bomb Pro Wrestling named uh, um, Super Thunder Frog. Oh, yeah. And he uses a gavel, too. Like, when we went and saw that show at the Ramada, he uh, went off the top rope with the gavel. I guess it was supposed to be like Thor's Hammer or something like that, though, you know, with this name like Super Thunder Frog. I guess I was looking for some other information on Judge Jeff Jones. He had a very uh, unfortunate exit from ECW for how he got let go from the company. I guess it must have been just within months before it folded up there, because I remember him being with Mike Osmond when he lost the ECW title in like mid-2000, like April 2000, and you know ECW closed shop in January 01, or well, last match anyways. You know what I didn't like? You know, just to, since we're on the topic of Mike Awesome, I didn't like how like the companies portrayed him. He was a great wrestler, but, you know, no one took him seriously in the United States. They only took him really seriously in Japan, where he was the gladiator. Well, he had those awesome series of matches with Masato Tanaka. Where Tanaka they, is where, a great wrestler. Where they exchanged the ECW title a couple the of times. The roaring elbow. And they kind of had one last nice send-off at the original ECW One Night Stand pay-per-view in 2005. did he wrestle Spike Dudley at that? No, he wrestled uh, Masada Tanaka uh, oh, at, in 2005. He might have wrestled him in the 2006 one. Uh, I think Mike Awesome may have wrestled. No, no, it was, uh, Tanaka wrestled at that one, but not Mike Awesome. But, you know, they kind of... And it was weird, too, because I, I know we kind of talked about how Mike Awesome had uh, that very controversial exit from ECW. Oh, where he, like... like uh... Well, 
acquired the title and then he went over to WCW. Oh, no, he was a current ECW champion, but then WCW signed him while he was still ECW champion. He was going to take the title hostage with him, but then Paul Heyman signed a last-minute injunction to prevent it from happening. He's saying he still needed to come and lose the title appropriately to pass it along. And do you remember who he had to lose the title to? Taz, if I remember right. And this is while Taz was a WWE wrestler. So you had a WCW wrestler losing the ECW title to a WWE wrestler on a neutral ECW show. (laughs) I mean, talk about just try and process that. There's I'll watch the matches. This is a quick four or five minute match. Mike Awesome and Judge Jeff Jones, they get in and out of there like nothing to avoid getting (laughs) massacred by the mob of crazy fans. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like at uh, at uh, ECW One Night Stand. Where all the you know the WWE guys are just like ripping on the ECW guys like Joel Gertner and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Then all the WWE guys go down to the ring, and all the ECW guys come out like twenty or thirty of them. You know what's co- cool about that one night stand show with Mike Awesome and Tanaka kind of having one last big send off from their rivalry is Joy Styles is ripping on Mike Awesome because of him disgracefully like wanting to run away with the ECW title. And but they have such a great you know they have their chemistry down Awesome and Tanaka that they're just pulling off all these crazy spots. And by the end of their match, the crowd goes from the beginning from just jeering both guys, saying you know just saying all kinds of evil taunts to Awesome for betraying you know ECW loyalty to winning the crowd over by just having an awesome match in front of them again. You know, pardon the pun, but yeah. That's a really good... I don't think Judge Jeff Jones was there for that one, though, but uh, uh, at least a good final Mike Awesome memory. Uh, any Anything else on Judge Jeff Jones? Not really. So, uh, and currently, he is helping behind the scenes with AEW, so... Judge Jeff Jones? Yep, yep. He's like a backstage. He, I think, uh, just kind of helps... helps uh, I want to say, like, he... On, according, according to his Twitter profile, is he helps with, like, equipment and setting up for shows, so... Uh, that I think camera or camera operator, camera arm operator, something like that. But uh, it was kind of vague. But any any other? Uh, did you want to work in a quick word about Shane Black then or Rob Black? I'm sorry, Rob Black. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, but let me think here for a second. How about th- Joel Gertner? <laughs> well, 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 well. Yeah. It is I, the quintessential stud muffin. Yeah, yeah, I remember him more. He did the ring announcing for ECW for a couple of years, and then what was it? He, had, he got attacked and started representing, introducing the Dudleys. His, his name was Studley Dudley, actually. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was quite quite the character. Can we can we throw up that uh, that uh, poster? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, before we wrap up here, you want to talk about an upcoming show from our friends at Time Bomb? Yes. It's gonna it's gonna be a no rope barbed wire match. Well, the name of the show is called Here to Stay. It's going on at the Sanctuary Event Center on Thursday, March 16th. And people can find tickets on timebombpro.com. And if you see, we got the poster thrown up. There were some of the big matches from that. Um, well, there's a No World Barbed Wire match. I believe that's the first No World Barbed Wire match that Time Bomb is going to promote. Um, I heard Fonzie was going to be there for some reason. Yeah, he's doing a meet and greet. Yeah. And they got a couple of interesting uh, AEW guys wrestling on the show, too. Uh, people can see on the flyer, they got Christopher Daniels wrestling Kevin Koo. And then Colt Cabana will be wrestling Eric Cannon, a longtime Tom Bomb pro mainstay. I love that Eric Cannon. He's from uh, um, 
Wrestling Society X. And I think we're both going to be there at that show. So We will, actually. Yeah. We will both be there. Be going on at the Fargo uh, Sanctuary Event Center. So if you see us, say hi to us. Otherwise, the squids will eat you. Exactly. All right. Well, I think we're about to wind things down. But before we do, we're going to hear a word from our friends at Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Aaron says Chris and his team did a spectacular job on the damage to my aunt's garage and siding. Kept us up to date on the progress and the finished product was amazing. Thank you for your professionalism and hard work. Hey, get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. All right, uh, before we wrap up, uh, just want to make sure to mention a couple other GFBS shows from earlier this week, interviewed earlier this week on the GFBS interview was BT from Rumors Bar and Grill talking about an upcoming uh, sports card and memorabilia show that's coming up in the Grand Cities Mall and an upcoming poker tournament. So make sure to check that out to get all the information on that. On the latest big screens and TV streams, we reviewed the much-anticipated Michael B. Jordan boxing film Creed Three, And those are just a couple of the shows you can find by searching GFBS on your favorite podcasts and social media apps. Also, make sure to help support GFBS by hitting that donate link on top of the GFBestSource.com website. Icky, what will we be reviewing? I, we were originally going to review it this week, but we got it pushed back a week. But what will we be reviewing next week? Return to Oz! All right, why don't you wind things down and send the folks home for us, Icky? All right, people. Grand Forks, stay weird. Hope to see you at the Time Bomb Show. So... I am not a crook.